Hello to all of you out there. I'm sorry I can't see you in person, but I can sort of imagine you out in the in our wonderful church. I'm looking out there and seeing all the people that I know where you're sitting. I could name where you're sitting out there, but I do miss you. And uh, the world is so uncertain that I'm just praying that we do have an opportunity to get together in person before too very long. Actually, when Father Ricardo uh, invited me to preach this morning and I looked up the lessons and I thought, well, maybe I'll get started on my sermon. And then I realized that the world changes so fast now. Every day is a surprise, some good, some not so good. So I thought I don't dare preach a sermon written too far in advance because the world may change in a lot of ways before I'm able to be with you even electronically. But I did look at the lessons and I found myself rather pleased to find these lessons in my assignment because the gospel, I believe, is the heart of our faith. It includes the heart of our faith. Love God and love other people. And I realized several things. First, I can't just read out a sentence from the lessons and say there, that's it. The whole of what we need to know. There are other ideas that ought to be spoken of. And mostly, of course, like all of you, I'm living in a world of upheaval and disagreement and so much disappointment and sadness. And frankly, I, I wondered if anything I could say would be of any use to any of us. Yet I know the world has been in turmoil many times before. It was in turmoil when Jesus lived among us. The specifics of course were not the same, but the turmoil did the same things to the human heart and the human mind and the human soul. There may be some comfort in knowing that the human spirit and heart and soul have been hurt before have emerged to move forward in love and safety. As the Southwest writer and philosopher Terry Tempest Williams wrote in a recent work, our undoing is also our becoming. When we read today's Old Testament lesson from Leviticus about the death of Moses, who was shown the promised land but not allowed to enter it himself, we may feel we understand something of that. We're in a time of trial. And although we look out toward a future that will be better when the ills we face may be controlled, we're not about to enter that promised land yet. But I know that we must see the future and believe in it, believe in its promise. Well, I'm not gonna carry this parallel too far because I'm not Moses and I intend to enter the promised future when we will see the cure of the COVID that enslaves us and the political turmoil that scares us. And uh, do I dare to carry the analogy on and add that I'm planning on being part of a world where the next Joshua will take over to lead us? Or am I pushing this story too far? I am hopeful though, 
And I say with the psalmist, make us glad by the measure of the days that you afflicted us and the years in which we suffered adversity. So when we read Paul's letter to the church in Thessaly, he urges the people whom he visited and to whom he preached to remember not only his words and his stories of the teachings and actions of Jesus, but also to remember him, Paul, and how he treated the people there when he was among them. In many ways, the relationships that Paul forms with the communities he visits and teaches is as instructive as what he says to them. It's a very important idea for us. We are not just our words. We are also, and perhaps more importantly, our actions and our interactions. That's one of the most important things to remember. When we read the New Testament epistles, we can't, of course, observe or listen in on actual time and activities that Paul or other disciples shared with the people they encountered on their preaching travels. But here Paul is reminding these citizens of Thessaly that he believes he treated them in a way they should treat each other. I'm not sure how confident I am to hope other people will think the same thing of me, but it's surely something we can all work on. It's in today's Matthew that we hear the vital brief story that contains the heart of our faith. It includes the word that encapsulate the basis of Christian theology. If you wanna tell somebody what our faith is, then here is the text. When I first realized this, I wondered just what the disciples said when they preached to people all around the geographical area of New Testament records. How could they keep talking when the lesson was so short? We all know it's a challenging lesson to learn. Love God, love your neighbor. There, that's it. But we have here the conundrum of simplicity. To say the words is to tell the whole story, yet in the telling, there is much going on. The what's and the to whom's and the meaning of love have all become rather endlessly dissected, twisted, examined, but the certainty of the directive is perfectly clear. Love the Lord your God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love each other. If you try to understand just what parts of you are dominated by your heart or your mind or your soul or your strength, you might find it enlightening. But these are obviously mixed. We care and admire, we calculate and judge, we worship, we act. Can we direct these to the creator? It is in all the behaviors of our lives that we are to direct our love toward God. But then love others as much as you love yourself. I've always realized that for most of us, that sounds harder. After all, God is imminent, seems unknowable, is beyond even our conjecture. So we can believe that we do love God 
creator, sustain, sustainer, redeemer, head of everything. But our neighbors, we know. They're right here. They're everyone else. Some are okay. Some are wonderful. Some we have no idea of. Some we don't want to know. But we find ourselves among the Pharisees. They ask us the question, and Jesus has the answer. Now we are asking, we need to answer. This past Tuesday, I saw on the TV news, the two men running for the Senate in Utah, one a Republican, one a Democrat. They appeared together and urged people to vote. They didn't say vote for me. They said, it is important for everyone to vote. Can we be so generous in these tense times? Can we remember all those who are our neighbors? How will we answer? That's the question that Jesus poses and the questions that Jesus answers. And while we know what it means to love our friends, our family, other people we know from written or visual context, we find it hard to love unknown people of our world. And we find it hard to love some of our neighbors. But we do try. And we must try. Our own lives, our own souls depend on it. We pray, save us from the time of trial. And may we emerge strengthened by our own struggle. I send you my love in this strange time. I, I pray for you by name and by association. As today's psalmist said, may the graciousness of the Lord our God be upon us. Amen. <laughs>